Hello and welcome back beauty to episode number two, how we attract who we are. I thought about how do I begin this program or letting you know how this all begins. I need to really start at the foundations, the basics about our brain. And maybe you are into personal development. You might know some of this. This is just an invitation to refresh your mind on how our brain works. And if you have never heard of any of this before, you are in for a treat. Now, before I was a love coach, I was a mindset coach and I was obsessed with how the brain worked. I was obsessed with neuroscience and psychology. As I mentioned before, I was always curious in episode one, I was mentioning how I was curious why we as humans do what we do. And so I've been studying patterns and habits for a little over 12 years. And what I really feel and I saw the need is for people, women, to better understand how their brain works instead of beating themselves up, right? Because we often beat ourselves up of why we didn't do something or why something had an outcome that it did, but not realizing that really our brain is running the show. And so we can think and use our sub, our conscious mind, but the problem is that our conscious mind is not running the show. So I'm gonna really dive deep into the brain and how it all works and how we became who we are. And then how that plays a role in how we attract who we are, right? Because like attracts like. Now, our brain is an intricate computer, really. So it's designed. I want you to think about your brain always as a computer. It is really the most amazing computer out there. And our brain is designed to be efficient, to keep us safe, and to keep us alive, So it's automatically going to go to negative town and fear-based thoughts because it needs to keep us alive, right? Like if it feels that there's a danger, it's going to be keeping us alive, right? Like let's not make this decision. So it's going to consistently always do that. So even though you might be, um, let's say, a positive thinker, um, you're still going to have these negative thoughts. It's hard to stop those. You cannot stop negative thoughts from coming. You can just choose a different way of thinking or reprogram your brain. But they're always going to come probably unless you're really good at reprogramming your brain. And I'm going to tell you how you can do that. So our brain is really is made up of 100 billion neurons. And it's crunching data. Remember, it's a computer. It's crunching data. And it's a very highly intelligent machine. And so our brain works on the premise to really conserve energy as much as possible. So because of that, because we don't want to use up all our energy in thinking and doing things all day, um, it will form a habit or a pattern, if you will. And so this is how we operate and we are designed to repeat the same pattern over and over again. Now you may have heard of, we have three minds. So we have the conscious mind and that's the part of the brain that's the prefrontal cortex, the prefrontal cortex is your forehead. It's in this part of the brain 
that is where you can actually think and make decisions based off of maybe what's put in front of you or logic or mulling it over, right? Or having a conversation with somebody and you're using your conscious mind. Now, um, the other part is your unconscious mind. It's the part where it's like organizing millions of pieces of data that's going on behind the scenes. So think of your five senses. You're hearing noise, you're smelling things, you're feeling things, you taste things. All these things around you, your brain is filtering out because it's irrelevant what's happening. Let's say a cricket's making a noise, you might hear that, but (laughs) say a cricket's making a noise and other things are going on that are irrelevant. Your brain decides what's really important, right? And you don't need to deal with all the data that's coming into your brain. And the next part is your subconscious mind. This is the one I want you to pay attention to because this is the most complicated and the most important part. Your subconscious mind is where the mental programs are created and carried out. So if you want to change who you're becoming, we have to change our subconscious mind. That's where we'll need to put all our focus. And so how we react in relationships, around money, around anything is based off of our subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is going to try to keep us, what, safe and conserve energy. Safe and conserve energy. So we have all been programmed. If you've ever watched The Matrix, you'll start to understand this if you really dive into the deeper part of The Matrix. And so we're born a perfect slate, right? When we're children, we're babies, that we have no programming. We have no way of thinking about life. And we start downloading the world around us because our brain is in an actual different um, brain wave. And it's like pressing record on a VHS. Now, this is really (laughs) for people who are a little older will know what VHS is or hitting record on a cassette. You're really just downloading everything from around you from ages zero to seven. So I'm basically recording who you should be as a child. And, or you're recording yourself, actually. And so the subconscious patterns are imprinted on our brain, and we act out a complete habit. So 90% of this is what uh, we do is from our subconscious mind. So this early programming from ages zero to seven. And you may have noticed when somebody gets triggered, we like to use that word in society, but the... um, When something happens in our lives, we all kind of revert back to those seven-year-olds. It's something that's upset us and we may act like a seven-year-old, right? We don't consciously be like, well, let me think about what you just did. No, we react. We, We operate from another era. Now... So what basically happens is when something happens, there's a circumstance in our life that happens. Like, um, let's say we run out of gas, for example. We then have a thought about that. Like, oh, I should have gotten gas. And then we have a feeling like, oh, this is terrible. And then we have an emotion. So it's thought, feeling, and emotion based off of something that happens. And thoughts are just vibrations in our body. And then... We actually form our identity. Now, this is where our power is, is we form our identity of who we are, right? You, when you think of yourself, and I say, when I say identity, 
and I say, tell me who you are. And I tell you to jot this down on a piece of paper. And if you want to do this as an exercise, go for it. Who are you? It's based off your value systems, maybe religion, maybe politics, maybe the way you exercise or eat or friendships, uh, jobs that you have. All of that's based off of your identity, the how you see yourself. Now, the subconscious mind, which is what we're wanting to really focus on is it runs the show 90% of the time is it loves commands. It loves being told what to do. And we must know how our brain works if we want to do amazing things or we want to break patterns. So the job of the subconscious mind is really operating your physical body. It is, a lot of people believe, connected to the divine It really remembers everything or stores codes and stores emotions in the physical body. So when something happens in our body or something happens in our lives, there is an emotion or a code that like stops or freezes or lands in a particular part of our body. So if you've ever heard of this or have done any kind of work or you've maybe even talked to a therapist, they they might even say like, where do you feel that in your body? So it's all in our body and we just keep repeating the patterns to make it what again efficient it's really for efficiency um and the subconscious mind can take a direction from our conscious mind and it accepts information literally so if you tell it something it will take it literal especially when you're reprogramming so it doesn't understand negative commands for example i don't want to be broke I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be in bad relationships. It thinks you're saying, I want to be broke. I want to be overweight. I want to be in bad relationships. So we've got to learn to not use that language. And we'll talk about language and words. You really are the product of your habitual thinking. That is who you are. That's really kind of your identity. Now, the subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's make-believe. And that's why when you're dreaming... (laughs) your physical body reacts you can like shake or jerk or you know you think you're falling you know your body's reacting it doesn't know the brain doesn't know that hey I'm just sleeping here and having a dream it has no clue so to basically understand everything we are made up of belief systems so all computers and programming have to have you have to tell it what to do right like so your brain's a computer it has to know what to do and that's based off of belief systems and we are programmed from an early age zero to seven on politics religion finances how we view homeless people or people of uh, different colored skin than us uh, different areas of the world than us we we have an idea or thought or belief about those people and those things based off of what we've been told from our family or people around us so Unless you are a black sheep of the family, which means you buck all the systems and everything you've been told and you think for yourself. Um, Sometimes we also, we start thinking for ourselves that after the age of probably like around 30, 40, we start to have these like existential crisis of like the world that I, like I'm having this breakdown, the world that I thought it was, is really not the world that it is. Now, 
these belief systems really tell you how you should view the world. But the thing is, I want you to understand this, this belief system is not necessarily the programming of yours. Like it, it's all programming. It's not even your thoughts. It's literally what people have told you how to think and feel. And as a child, you've kind of taken that on as that's how you should think and feel. And why? Because we don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. Imagine if we buck the system and we say, listen, I don't believe what you're saying. I'm going to do what I want. This is a really strong child. Um, You could get kicked out of the house or kicked out of the tribe or no longer belong. And, And because we're creatures of... Uh, how would I say this? Creatures who commune together. That's the last thing that we want. So we're going to go along with a system. And what also happens is you develop an inner critic of determining who you should be and what you should do and all of those things. And you might even think you're not good enough because you may not live up to all those imposed ideas that family or religion, or politics, or any of those things have told us who we should be. Like, that's how you're supposed to be. Now, the belief systems really are just a thought we think over and over again. They're beliefs that hold us back from living up to our full potential due to fear or ideas of who we should be. Does that make sense when I say that? And when you come across a thought or idea, what your brain starts to do is it searches in its database to see if it's in the programming. Do I believe this? Do I think this is true? Somebody was talking about Democrats or Republicans and you go, oh, yes, I believe this. This is who I am. And so then we go into what is strengthening that belief system. Imagine if you were on the other side, though. What if you were programmed on the other side? <laughs> So the subconscious is going to draw all the things that are in your programming. It's going to just pull them all forward to basically deepen your thoughts or who you are, are your identity. The other place that we actually get programming that's not talked a lot about is in advertising. And it's a $207 million industry. And you think about it, especially today, We open up our social media apps and we are immediately programmed um, to buy or sell or not enough. There's always a message, right? Or we're, we're part of the tribe, so we should want this or buy this. And so like in male advertising, there's always like sport cars and sports and... Uh, how you should be manly. And in female advertising, and this is kind of sad in my opinion, is it's always like... You should be skinny and fit and moms are always tired and exhausted. (laughs) And so you, you can see that in commercials, for example. And so no wonder we are full of anxiety and sent message. We are really sent messages all day long about fear and how we're not good enough. You will see that if you turn on the TV, you're literally going to see taglines, commercials, titles, and movies and shows that are based out of fear. The other thing that happens is, and I kind of touched on this, is we're inundated with beliefs from our family, from church, from school, from sports magazines, um, any kind of magazines, I should say, sports, advertising, anything. 
So it's what you've been told versus the truth. Is it true? I don't know. You know, you might have thought things like, I'm not good with money. Well, the truth is, you could be good with money if you gave it your full attention and you had like a class on it on how to manage your finances. Um, Someone might say something like, real work is hard. Well, actually, work can feel rewarding when you're doing what you love and it may not even feel like hard work. Uh, Things people say, things like, uh, salespeople are sleazy. Well, actually... Um, selling helps people get products they want. Like, I'm glad that I'm sold things because it helps me buy, make decisions on the car I want and the food I want and, you know, the clothes I want to purchase. So really, it actually helps you bring things that you want. Um, have you ever said to yourself, I just want someone to tell me what to do? Have you ever thought that before? Because things seem so complicated. Well, the thing is, you could think something like, even though I don't have all the answers, I'm confident I can figure it out. And one other belief that's really strong is you have to work hard for your money. I want to say right now, rich people are not working hard for their money. Their money is working for them. If you look at rich, rich people, that is not necessarily the case. Um, so we have to look at these beliefs or thoughts that we have about everything around us, about relationships specifically or love, um, and, and wonder or ask ourselves, is this actually true? Or is this something that I have been programmed around by the people around me, the people who raised me? Now, the other thing that happens is we actually create stories in our lives. We're always telling ourselves or others a story about our life. So we're kind of like in this movie called Our Life, and we're the star and everyone else is a supporting actor. And we're observing the world around us based off the stories we tell. So if something happens, especially women, we something happens to us, we will call up our girlfriends, our moms, our sisters, whoever, and we will tell them a story. And, and so oftentimes it's a dramatic story, right? Like, so I was walking down the street and you won't believe that I saw so-and-so. Can you believe she gave me the, you know, snide remark or she looked at me a certain way or we tell this story that often is dramatic or will keep us stuck. So what I want you to do is observe the next time you're upset and how that person is supporting you in your role as the star. And observe how your stories could actually be sabotaging you. So back to the problem. The problem is 90% of the time your subconscious mind is running the show and who you think you are is really only 5 to 10%. So now you understand how your mind and inconsequential—I can't even talk today—inconsequential events from your childhood are influencing your adult decisions. So this is just coding and everything. Now here's the interesting thing: our brains are neuroplastic. So what does this mean? We used to think, uh, neuroscientists used to think, the brain that you were given is just the brain that you have. And what happened was sometimes people would have traumatic brain events and what they found 
was that they were able to actually rewire their brain. So the brain actually has the ability to reorganize itself and structure how the brain is. So you, good news, you are not stuck with the brain you were born or programmed is. You can actually rewire your brain. You can create new connections. Now, I don't know if you've ever taken um, psychology or maybe you've watched a movie or a show on how the brain works, but there's these like... um, wires, if you will, in your brain that are creating synapses. They're moving. It's electrical. The best way to say it's kind of like electrical field that's moving through your brain and it connects with another one and all those things. And so it's going to have these, let's see, let me, let me think of how to word this. It's kind of like when you're walking a trail and you, you're walking a trail in the woods and you see one that has gone over and over and over again. You're like, I'm going to take this one. There must be a reason this one's popular. And you see another one that has like, it's a trail, obviously, but then it's got like all these bushes and some trees down and leaves. And you think, ah, I won't take that one. So that's kind of like how your brain is. So that it's wired to be efficient, it's moving fast. But then what would happen if you went the other direction, right? You'd have to start clearing the path and moving it. But then eventually, once you've cleared that path and you've gotten all the tree branches out of the way and you've moved everything and it's clear, then now it's easier to move down that path, right? So this is exactly how your brain is. It creates new synapses or new wiring and new patterns if you decide to. And think about like anytime you've learned something new, say you went back to school or you have a pattern or a hobby, a pattern, a passion or a hobby that creates a new way of doing things. Like if you've learned something new, you've created a new neural pathway in your brain based off of the skills that you're learning and your experiences. So it's really just repetition and practice over and over again that creates these new neural pathways. So this is important when it comes to love because we can change how we view love, how love um, attracts to us, how we handle things in love or anything in life. And then what happens is, think about when I talked about you're in the woods and you created this new pathway. Well, now the old one, let's say you don't even go down the old one anymore. What starts to happen? New trees start to fall, leaves start to cut, and eventually it dies off, right? Like nobody takes it anymore. It's weakened. It doesn't, nobody's using that anymore. Now it's non-existent almost. It's still there, right? But eventually you start taking the new path. So that is how your brain works. And so you can rewire your brain. And it can take about uh, 40 days for a new neural pathway to form, a new pattern basically, So if you want to change something uh, and create a new pattern, you want to give it 30 to 40 days. And actually, a habit can take about 66 days. You may have heard 21. It's actually not true. It's about 66 days. But to start forming a new pattern, it only takes 30 to 40 days. So we have to control what comes into our mind, you know, and who, how do you do that? Well, who are you around? What are you watching on TV? What are you listening to? What are you doing in your morning routine? Who are you at at work? Um, Who are you at in relationships? Who are you at in exercise? In anything that you do, who are you? 
right? And the, and the more that you've heard of birds of a feather flock together or, you know, it's like, this is back to like how we attract who we are. Like if it's comfortable or it's a pattern that we're used to, we're going to attract to that because we're, it's familiar to us. So the key is really creating and rewiring your brain as discipline. So Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali said something, and I love this quote and I pulled it out. It's, it's the repetition of affirmation that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deeper conviction, things begin to happen. I love that quote because he knew a lot of athletes know this thought is like what you feed your brain with and the beliefs that you think about yourself will become reality. What you think becomes your reality. And so he knew how to reprogram his brain. He understood these principles, I should say. So how does this happen or why, why is this? So you have this area in your brain called the reticular activating system or RAS, and it tells your brain what to focus on. Remember I said, you're crunching all this data around you that's happening in the world. Imagine if you had to think of um, how to do everything and you heard everything that was going on around you, you would be completely overwhelmed. So your brain acts as a filter so it can only process so much at any given moment. So it's acting as a filter and you're telling it what's really important. It decides what's important based off of what you focus on. Let me repeat that. It decides what's important based off of what you focus on the most. Have you ever ruminated? And the more you ruminate about something, you ever notice it just kind of keeps creating the same reality for you? But what if we change that reality or we focused on something different? It's so easy. I do it myself. I catch myself. I'm like, wait, why am I, foc- why am I putting my energy to the negative and the focus on that? When, if I put all that energy and focus on something else or the opposite outcome, I could actually create that reality. So it's catching yourself. Like, again, your brain is going to automatically want to go to negative town. Because why? Because it wants to keep you safe. So when you say things like, I can't, or I am not, or I'm always late, or I can never lose weight, or I'm never going to find the love of my life, that's exactly what your brain is going to focus on. It's going to find you evidence of everything you ever say and show you, see, you're right, you're not, you are absolutely right, you're never going to find love, look, you still haven't found love yet, you still haven't found love yet, look at you, you're, you're 50 years old, what's wrong with you? Right? Like your brain starts taking over. Now, what if you started to reprogram your brain and you said something like, love is on its way. Love is around the corner. I'm about to find the love of my life. I see the love of my life. Like, what if you started saying things like that? So when you caught your brain going to that area of like, it's never going to happen for me. What if you immediately rephrased that statement? And then over time, you will start thinking like that because now you've created a new neural pathway to think that way. Does that make sense when I tell you that? So the more proof you see, the stronger those beliefs become. And it's going to give you the proof because, again, the reticular activating system tells you what to focus on. But if we start re 
changing that brain to focus on something different, we will start seeing proof in another way. So self-talk is important. What we're saying in our brain is important. It's going to start looking for the proof. It's, it's literally a, a vicious cycle. Now, we also have, I just want to mention this too, is we have what's called the amygdala in our brain. It's in the prefrontal cortex. Um, let, me, let me start over. Sorry. Um, the prefrontal cortex is bypassed, which again, the prefrontal co- cortex is our conscious mind. It's the way we actually think and who we want to be. So it's bypassed and a signal is sent to the amygdala. So when something happens, someone triggers us, we're activated. I like that word better, by the way. We want to start using the word activated over triggered. But when we're activated or um, anything happens in our life that's really serious, like someone pulls out in front of us, for example. Let's say you're driving down the road and someone pulls out in front of you. Immediately, your brain reacts and sends a signal to the amygdala. And turns on your fight or flight response so that you react in a time of stress. So then someone pulls out in front of you. You're able to all of a sudden out of nowhere when you're thinking of something else or how your day is going to be. You're able to immediately slam on your brakes, turn the wheel, whatever it is to avoid an accident. So it's really going back to this reptilian brain to keep you safe and determine your quick reaction time under stress. So it's turning on that fight or flight. So it's a trigger response, if you will. And, and you don't even have, the beauty is you don't even have to think about it. So when we're under stress or when something we feel uh, activated, okay, and it can be small things too. So it's not just accidents when we get activated or our amygdala goes off and people who are um, consistently in fight or flight or they haven't calmed their body down to be regulated, they might be in fight or flight all the time. And here's how our body responds in fight or flight um, or in when we're activated. We do one of three things. We'll either freeze. And this can be with anything. I want you to think of like in your life. I want you to figure out which one you are. But are there times in your life where you literally freeze? So I'm not talking about just like you're startled and you freeze, but like stress comes on, you're all of a sudden in fight or flight and you're like, I don't know what to do. Just do nothing. Or someone's yelling at me and I kind of just cower in the corner and say nothing because I just want them to go away. Those are examples of freeze. The next thing that the brain can do is flight, like flee, like get out of there, right? So it's like, someone is yelling at you and you're like, forget this, I'm out of here. Or maybe you quit your job or maybe you leave a relationship or uh, you can't take what's going on. So you leave the room, right? So it's like flight, I'm out of here. And and then you feel safe, right? So it's, these are automatic responses. These are not your fault. These are just happens. These are trauma responses, basically. And then the other form is fight. There are people who will fight. They will stand up and fight. Um, whatever's happening. So it's freeze, flight, or fight. And every human being has a way that they respond based off what the amygdala is doing. So if we do not make our bodies a safe space or we don't regulate our body's responses through rituals, through coaching therapy, um, through talk, through um, 
other exercises that we will eventually talk about in this podcast, we might live in a mid when our amygdala is consistently going off, even when it's not even a real threat. Like our body, our, our brain is so reptilian. It always thinks something's a threat, but we're not like running from dinosaurs. <laughs> we're like in our air conditioned home eating and and ordering DoorDash. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like we have, but our brain is still like thinking everything's a problem and a stress reaction needs to happen and it doesn't. And so that's how you know that you have a dysregulated body. When you feel like you are consistently upset or reactive as a person, you are dysregulated. And so we have to work at getting your body regulated and feeling safe within. So when anxiety and fear comes up, you can blame the amygdala. (laughs) So really to change our patterns, we have to make new habits, form new neural pathways. And it takes about 66 days to do this. And so we need to really kind of basically work on being disciplined, if you will. And maybe that's like remembering your why, remembering who you want to be, changing things. Now, I want to briefly talk about energy and the power of your words. So we are energetic beings. Everything around us is vibrating at a molecular level. um, And words are also. Now, all energy creates a vibration so the sound waves language the music you listen to have you ever noticed if you listen to say um classical music or blues or jazz it calms you and let's say then instead you started listening to heavy metal you get like ramped up because the beats per minute the vibration is higher Right. So based off of what you're doing in your life, so based off the language that you're using, based off the language of the people around you are using, the news, the people will determine how you look at things. It will determine your vibration, the music you're listening to, the words that you're reading, books that you're reading, everything. So everything is affecting you, whether you realize it or not. And the way that you carry your body can determine your state of emotions. I remember when I went to, in 2017, I went to Tony Robbins. And I went to Unleash the Power Within, which is an amazing program, a four-day program, I can't remember. Um, But he really talks about when you look at somebody, I'll give you this he would say to the audience, okay, I want you to show with your body how you would look depressed. And so everybody would like hunch their shoulders, make themselves smaller, lean forward. Okay, now I want you to show with your body you're excited. What happens? You're alert, your shoulders are back, your head's up, right? Because the way that our body is positioned can determine our state of emotion so really we can change and he shows you this how you can change quickly your emotional state by how you hold your body it's pretty fascinating so back to everything how do we attract who we are we are going to attract 
people like us. Have you ever met somebody and you're like, I just don't like them? Why? Because they're probably completely different than you. They don't have the same thoughts, patterns, thinking, um, the way that you would do things, identity, like all that stuff comes into play. Music, words, the way they look at life. Like we don't want to be around people who are opposite of us. So we attract who we are. Now, there is this thing like people kind of attract to the opposite of us. But like, you know, sometimes you hear that, right? What I will say is, yes, they might be a little bit different than you. However, there's something within this person that's very familiar. Something about this person, especially in love, something about this person is very familiar from your childhood. Maybe they do a certain thing that your mom or your dad did or the way, something like that, okay? And psychology says that we really choose or pick a partner based off of healing old trauma and patterns from our childhood. So when we see a partner and they remind us of our childhood, we will try to keep playing out the pattern to heal that pattern or the thing that we never got from our parent. And so the key is to really heal your patterns, the trauma, the things that have happened to you. Now, you can heal it, right? Obviously, you can heal. You can change. You can rewire yourself. You can do all of that. You can go into therapy. You can coach yourself. You can be coached. All those things can happen to make it easier. But the coding is still there. Like somebody can trigger you in a relationship quicker than anything else, right? Or friendship. It doesn't matter your parents if you really want to think what is that saying if you think you're enlightened go home for a weekend (laughs) go hang out with your parents for a little bit and let's see how enlightened you really are how much you've changed so it's really fascinating so we are always attracting people and as we evolve think about this as you change and you become a different person the people that you used to hang out with or the people that you used today, you no longer want anything to do with it because you can't even imagine being around them anymore. So this is why we attract who we are. So as we up level and we heal and we change our patterns, no longer, let's say, the bad boy we're attracted to anymore because now we're so safe in our body that that doesn't even feel good anymore. Where it used to feel familiar to us. We, we almost liked it. We were attracted to it. But now it's like, no, you know, I've healed all that. It doesn't matter. So I'm going to give you a brief couple things of how you can reprogram your subconscious mind. Because this is really kind of what it's all about. Um, I'm going to give you a few things here. So first of all, before you go to sleep or when you first wake up, this first 10 minutes, your brain's in a different pattern. And so you can start doing things like meditation, for example, or you can say things like um, when you first wake up, uh, thank you. I'm so grateful to be in this wonderful bed and I can hear the birds and I get to have a cup of coffee. So you can start with gratitude or just reprogramming like today's going to be a great day or I'm going to find love today or whatever it is. You can start to reprogram your brain by what you're saying what you're thinking, what you're feeding that brain, and it will take it in more in the first 10 minutes when you wake up and the 10 minutes before you fall asleep because it's in a completely different brainwave. 
Um, you can do this with meditations. You can help program your brain. And I really suggest using all of these, by the way, not just one. <laughs> because if you're really going to try to reprogram your brain, you're going to want to use them all as a different modality. Um, you can use hypnosis. Hypnosis is amazing because, and this is something that I do um, for clients or have done for clients, and it really helps um, get into back again into that theta, I believe it's theta waves. And it's the same as when you're first asleep or, wait, or going to sleep or waking up. So it's bringing you back to those slower brain waves and reprogramming. You can use affirmations, affirmations like I am love, I am attracting my partner, my partner's around the corner, but you preferably want to start with I am. You can use coaching or therapy. We want to think about our quality of our thoughts and changing our thinking, right? So as soon as you start to see you're focusing on problems, <laughs> I want you to go, you know what, I'm going to choose a new thought. I'm going to reaffirmate that. You could use a vision board. Now, vision boards are just tools, by the way. They're not like you're going to rechange your entire brain. But what will happen is, remember, I told you we have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And if you're feeding your brain what you desire, it's going to try to make that happen in your brain, uh, in your life, or try to make you focus on that. So if you're focused on something over and over and over again, it's going to come into your life. It, because, because you're going to change what you do, how you do things. Change what you listen to. Instead of listening to the news, <laughs> um, maybe you read the news or maybe you listen to podcasts or you, you change what you're bringing into your existence. Um, change what you're watching. Change how you speak. Change who you hang around. Really protect your energy yourself. Protect yourself at all costs. Focus on gratitude and change who you're being, your identity, what you think. So there's lots of different things I've given you. You can also use like audible books, learning from those, listening to those while you're at work or while you're walking or first thing in the morning on your drive, taking courses. This, for example, is similar to a course. We are running a program on a podcast. Amazing. Free. Uh, documentaries. Um, if you like Facebook, you could find like-minded groups. You can also go to meetup.com. And meetup.com is amazing. You can find people who think and look and act like you and all those things. And, and if you're changing your identity and you want to be a different person, you could experience new groups and new people and start to look and observe how they think, feel, and act. So that is really, hopefully I've helped you just really understand how the brain works, observing your stories, observing your words, changing how you think and choosing that. Um, and if you found this podcast of value, please share it so other women can experience changes or learn things. And if you feel compelled, I would be honored if you left a review, um, just so that the more reviews there is, the more that people or the algorithms show it to other people because my goal is to help women, which is why I'm not charging and I'm teaching everything that I've ever learned. Um, it, my goal is to help and make impact in women's lives. So 
please do so. And I will see you in the next episode.